knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Welcome back to Victor Drive. Um, this week I have on my good friend, Scotty Snortwees Sullivan. Um, he's just a good buddy of mine. Met him through... The WCB guys um, went to the, oh, when did we meet? Um, actually, I think is I met Scotty the same time that I met all the WCB guys. like got Kurt and Eric and Doug and Ross and Austin, all them good boys over there. I uh, met them all at the Nebraska show with Scotty, actually. Um, I think it's during COVID still. We had to wear masks. And uh, my wife had this really silly plastic mask on. And when we got to the bar, Scotty thought it'd be funny if he started wearing it as like a like a poker visor, like a dealer that would wear. So I just got did some silly stuff. He wanted he wanted one really bad so he could pour cereal on it and eat out of it. And I don't know, it was just <laughs> that sound might sound really dumb in that story. But uh, we what I'm trying to say is, um, and at the Nebraska show, um, we we all went out, we had a great time, met Scotty there, and he's just a uh, a really good dude, just a solid guy. Um, he's become one of my really good friends, um, and I'm just very happy I got to meet him, and we got to talk, sit down, and talk about uh, just hunting stuff, and um, kind of go through a bunch of things. We talked a little bit about how our how our season's been going, but not that in depth because I want to do a good episode um, season recap with Scotty because he's got some good stories from this season. Now, so I want to do a good season recap with him after season closes. Um, we still got some good hunting coming up, so uh, we didn't do a season, a full season recap, but we did just talk about uh, kind of general hunting stuff. We talked to him about his muzzleloader, how he likes to hunt with um, his muzzleloader during gun season, and um, we talked a lot about, uh, like, I guess. Uh, Oh man, we got into some good topics about bow hunting and gun hunting and kind of how there's a bit of a, a rift between the two communities, even though there really shouldn't be. 
we all, we're, we always like to get out there and hunt and do our thing, but it is, it talked a bit about like how a lot of gun hunters, they like to, maybe they are kind of dumb and make bad decisions to, and I'm generalizing here and how bow hunters sometimes are kind of pretentious. Um, so we've talked about <laughs> all that, um, not to piss anybody off, but it was just a good conversation. We started going at it and not going at it, but getting into it really good. And, um, yeah, so we talked talk a lot about that and then, um, talk about our prairie dog experience in South Dakota and just all sorts of stuff. So, um, hang on. It's a good episode. It's always fun sitting down and just letting her eat with uh, a good buddy like Scotty. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And, um, on to the people that support the show. All right. Um, mountain ops code victory, 20% off. Uh, great stuff, great supplements. You guys will love it if you try it. Uh, they are doing Conquer Hunger, Mission Conquer Hunger, whatever it's really called. They give out free meals to people that are hungry. So uh, every time, whenever you support a company like Mountain Ops, like I've, I said last time, it's a guilt-free company to support. They really do do good things with their profits, like feeding the hungry and stuff. So what else is there to say? Nothing, I guess. Moving on. Grizzly Coolers. The leaders in the hard side cooler game, I would say. Um, well, they're just really good dudes, good good products, and their coolers are legit. Um, the thing, actually, Thanksgiving season's um, right here. So what I'm actually going to use my heart, one of my hard side coolers for um, is I get put in charge every year for to smoke the Thanksgiving turkey, right? So what I like to do is after I smoke the turkey, I wrap it up in foil and stuff, put it in a tray, wrap it up in foil, all that good stuff. But then I'll put it inside of a cooler. Um, just like I'll pull it out just before it gets to temp and I'll wrap it up, put it inside the cooler and that fucking grizzly cooler. I tell you what, will keep that turkey hot. So it's a grizzly cooler. Yes. And it helps keep all of your stuff nice and cold. But obviously, it, it's just really, really good insulated cooler. So if you put something hot in there, it's going to keep it hot for a long time and let you take it to your parents' house, your in-laws, wherever you're going to this Thanksgiving season. And it'll keep that bird nice and warm in there. And then when you open it up, it will release the fresh aroma of delicious turkey and It'll be nice and hot, so ready to carve, boom, boom. That's what I'm using my grizzly cooler for this season. So, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much about it. Um, we do talk about Africa and Wyoming bear camp quite a, quite a bit in this episode as well towards the end. But I will just remind everybody real quick of those dates, August 26th through September 3rd for Africa. Let me know if you want to go. Wyoming bear camp, May 27th, May 27th through the 31st. Let me know if you want to go, okay? Um, and that, that about covers it for this week, so hope you guys enjoy this episode. I had a lot of fun. All right. Peace.
Hell yeah. All right. Scotty Snortwees Sullivan. How are you doing, buddy? Not too bad, dude. It's been uh, trying to leave work as much as I can to go do some deer hunting. Yeah. No, I hear you. Do you still go by Snortwees or is that uh, played out now? Uh, some Yeah, some people. Some people still call me that. Yeah, I like it. Whenever I... It's not... Oh, sorry. I I got a little bit smarter since then, so... Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I'm not, not snort-wheezing at a whole bunch of deer anymore. Scaring yeah. them. <laughs> Dude, I snort-wheezed in uh, two bucks this year. Not One came actually all the way in to like 20, but he just didn't give me a yeah. shot, which sucked ass. He's just super hardcore to almost facing head-on with a... Uh, like a branch kind of all up in them. And I'm, I'm like, it's just like what everyone else says. If he took, he needed to take two more steps and he would have been out in right in my shooting lane and just dead, you know, been sweet, but yeah. he didn't. Um, but that was pretty cool that the storm actually worked on him the whole time. When I, like when I storm at him, I was like, dang, Scotty, he's in me. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little Scotty in me. So <laughs> mentally, yeah. <laughs> Nice. I, I snort wheezed in uh, another. I shouldn't say I snort wheezed him in. He only came in about, I don't know, 60 or 70, but he was through like a bunch of really, really thick, like so thick that I couldn't even see him. I could just hear him. Yeah. He just came in towards me and was grunting and raking and doing all sorts of shit, but I couldn't see him at all. I just heard him and then he just disappeared. So that sucked. I, I rattled in, I rattled in a uh, pretty decent eight couple weeks ago and uh he totally caught me 100 percent. like it, I, oh yeah I, I think i hit the antlers together for maybe 15 seconds really and like oh yeah he came was, he was probably within 35 yards of me directly behind me oh no were you blind and, rattling uh, no i i knew i saw him to the east of me okay. and he, it looked like he was going uh, north towards where there's like a big CRP grass field over that way, and I, I just kind of figured he was walking that way. Well, I couldn't see him. the The whole back part behind me where I'm hunting is like real, just it's like a bunch of downfall, hmm. and like super hard to see through it. And uh, I was like, well, if he's walking that way, I'm I'm gonna try to rattle and. Maybe I can pull him, you know, get him to loop around downwind or something. And I'd, if he came close or if he beelined to me, I might have a shot at him. And he sure as shit beelined to me, but I didn't see him until he was literally right behind me. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm standing there like this. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's like the worst spot ever. And, like, the hook that I have... uh for my rattling antlers is like, I don't know why I put them there, but it's, it's down below and like, uh, it's on a, the tree behind me. Oh. So like I have to go from this and he's looking directly at me and I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to reach down. I'm like, God, this is like the worst thing ever. Like, why didn't I put a hook like directly in front of me in the tree? Yeah. <laughs> like just being comfortable. Like, I, these trees are so close together, like, I can undo my tether a little bit and, like, use this tree behind me as, like, a backrest. Oh, yeah. In my saddle. 
and I just being comfortable being an idiot. Yep. So, but he, he looked at me and he, he just kind of walked off and he was going directly downwind of me. And I'm like, at any moment he's going to get my wind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think the only thing that saved me, there was a doe bedded probably 40, 40 ish, 50 ish yards, uh, down this creek line from me. I didn't even know she was there. And, uh, he saw her and like just went, I don't know, started walking over to her. And then this little spike buck walked out of this tree thicket in front of me and he got all bristled up and like did the, I don't know, like moose waddle over <laughs> to him. A little spike buck and, did? Yeah. It was spike buck it was like coming over to that eight and that like, I swear that eight was like looking back at me like, you see this guy? You see this? Like, <laughs> You believe this motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> And, uh, so he, he went over there and that spike was finally like, Oh, Oh, I, I see you now. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Like yeah. Wrong guy. My bad. <laughs> and he, I thought uh, you were Steve, he, man. My bad. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> but he, he, he spun back around and that eight kind of pushed him in there. Well, that spike took a trail and then came, I got a nice crit crossing shot at like 19, 18, 19 yards. And I'm like, cool. That doe followed that spike and that eight. Um, he followed them. Well, then that, that doe and that eight got into that tree thicket and like he pushed her like way off onto the other property. And I was like, no. dang it. But I tried snort wheezing at him <laughs> yeah. and it was just like, did not care. Like, <laughs> Like it, it was after that spike came by me, and I was like, I'm gonna make it seem like he's like that spike's getting all fired up again. He's changing his mind a little bit. Yeah, and that eight just like kind of looked over and was like, Yeah, dude, do no, something. I got dope. Yeah. yeah, come to me, dude. I got the dope. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I named that I named that eight uh, Curtis. Oh, for our friend Curtis yeah. Guyerson. Yeah, because yeah, nice. uh, I text I texted him that night after that. I'm like, well, I, I had a really good encounter with a, a big eight that I'm after, and uh, I'm like, figured a, a fitting name would be Curtis. Yeah, I'm like do the he's the king of killing eight points. So oh, yeah, but uh, I I'd, I'd say mid one forties, high one forties, eight. Like oh, that's good. Yeah, he's that's a solid badass deer. looking deer. Yeah, but uh, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him since that. So. I had some trail cam pictures of them, but they're all late, and I don't know if anybody got them during our first shotgun season. So, mm-hmm. gonna try tomorrow after work, maybe, and probably Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday, all weekend. See if yep. he's there. So, dude, I wish I could go. I got so much fucking family shit going on this week. It's rough. I might be able to sneak yeah, out we- tomorrow for a little bit after work, but I have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, but we got Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, obviously. So that's pretty much, mm-hmm. a, that's pretty much a no go. Maybe we'll get out black Friday though and do some hunting, but I'm, I also have my daughter and my wife works super late. So she'll be sleeping. So I, yeah, I might just take her with me. I don't know. She went with me, yeah. uh, 
uh, a couple weeks ago and she sat we i got her in a tree stand for the first time she loved that dude honestly she loved just being up in a tree she's like this is so cool being up here you know that high yeah it wasn't even <laughs> yeah. it's not even that high it's just like uh i think it's like a maybe 15 foot ladder double ladder stand we hung up uh on a property uh, a couple years ago and Mm-hmm. it's just a nice little spot. It's easy to get into. It's right off the road, but it's got, it's just a perfect little travel corridor between like this property that I'm, that I'm hunting. It's not really like there, deer will bed there, but it's not really like, mm-hmm. that great of bedding. There's not that much bedding on there. And there's a field out there that they'll go feed in every once in a while, but there's mm-hmm. another field just down the wood line a little, a little ways. So the way this property is kind of set up, it's kind of like an L shape. Yeah. Like, it butts up to the, a river and it's a pretty big river and it butts up to that. So it looks like an L. And so in the, I guess the corner of the L is the food, this is the field that the landowner owns. And then just mm-hmm. down on the bottom side of the L is another field. And it sucks because they're not alternating. So it's beans this year. And then next year they'll both be corn. So it's like, it's really a crapshoot to see where the deer are going to go. On each, mm-hmm. um, every year they're just gonna pick one and go to it some years they really like it in there on my side and some years they just like it over there and this year they just like it on the uh, on the neighbors but uh where it's at is what's, it's, it's what's a, your neighbor got planted beans it's all beans then the field you're in was corn no it's all beans oh it's all beans it's all beans neighbors got beans hmm. we got beans everyone's got beans the only corn field there's a cut corn field that butts up to our beans, I guess I'll say, but that's, pretty, yeah. that's, they have to go across a wide open bean field to get the cornfield. The only time they really oh. eat in that cornfield is in the middle of the night. Like they'll work through the cut beans and get out there eventually. And then there's a, some more corn across the road, but it's all, it's all, all the corn's pretty far away. Really? So, yeah. But they really like to bed on the neighbor's <clears throat> side because he's got a lot of really good, thick, just beautiful bedding. Mm-hmm. But where I'm hunting is a really awesome just transition area. Just connect, it just connects the properties, and they just like to kind of go back and forth between. And I'm like in the middle, the the middle zone, the transition area. It's just a big, huge transition area in between where they like to be, I guess. So it's a good spot mm-hmm. to be. But it's just one of those things where you're sitting there and you're just not seeing shit for quite a while. You'll see, you'll get good action in the mornings and good action in the evenings, but everything in between there. It's pretty dead, except the fact that it's holding you in the tree because you're just like, anything could just get up right over there. And when I say that the neighbors have really good bedding, I mean, they're bedding maybe 150 yards away or so on the neighbors. Between 150 to 300, depending on where they're at in the neighbor's side. But I drive Mm -hmm. by, I drive by and they're all bedding right next to the road, dude. I've seen just big bucks just sitting out there hanging out. Just, what's up? It's like, dang, dude. I'm going to my stand, Those? so don't watch me. Yeah. <laughs> and come on by when you're, when you're not busy. Look away. <laughs> yeah. But that's where I was sitting when I was, I was telling you, uh, when I, because I had my longbow out, and I had this uh, really nice, really beautiful, probably 150-ish inch 10-point uh, come out, and he had some other stuff kind of going on. He was a really cool-looking buck. And yeah. he, he came in out of, out of nowhere, just came running, running down the wood line, stopped like 30 yards in front of me, but he was 
right in, in between the road and the wood line. And he just stopped and he made a big, made a nice little scrape, hit the branches a little bit. And then he came into the woods that I was in. And I'm like, oh, nice, nice, nice. And I got my longbow out. I'm ready to go. Because everything inside the woods is sub 30 yards. If he's right on the edge, he'll be like right around 30-ish yards. Mm-hmm. And if he's inside a little bit, like where I'm at, yeah. he's going to be sub 20 all day. So it's a really nice uh, longbow stand, I think, honestly. Um, but he just hung out on the edge. And I never got a clear shot, and I never had an opening. So even if I had my compound, I couldn't have made the shot on him. And he just kind of started walking out of my life. Yeah. And he, I let him get about um, – so I kind of stole this game plan from uh, Jordan Jones. We were talking to him with mm-hmm. Austin Chandler um, a few episodes ago. And uh, we were down there, and he had a 170-incher that he saw. And he's kind of like him hawing around. He didn't look in his eyes. He's like – he doesn't look, is his first morning in Iowa and he, he's from North Carolina. He's waited six years to draw that tag, you know? So he's kind of like him hauling around. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then, uh, the, his buck turned around and started walking away from him. And he saw him from behind. He's like, Oh damn, I fucked up. <laughs> so he's watching him walk away from me. He's him with the old, the old, uh, you know, hit him with one of them and turn, yeah. turn him right around. He came right to the base of his tree and he stuck him. So that's awesome. I kind of stole that idea from him. He said, he said he intentionally let that deer get about 60, 70 yards away. And then he snort wheezed at him and then he turned around and came back. So that's what I did with this deer. Cause my, he was just in this area. He was just in my little wood lot here and he starts mm-hmm. walking away and I let him get about 60 or so yards right before he goes down this big ravine, right before he dips down <laughs> there. I was watching him. I'm like, Right before he dips down, I'm going to hit him with a snort wheeze. And then he'll think another buck came in, just caught a glimpse of him and wants to snort at him, right? So mm-hmm. he gets going. I'm, I give him one of them, like little fucking just uh, hit him with one of them. I grab my bow and I'm just sitting there watching him. And he stops and he looks back at me in my area. He's kind of like looking around, like kind of doing these, you know, looking back and yeah. forth, looking around. Like, I don't see anything. So he drops just below the ravine. I hear him like, raking a tree and doing other stuff. And then he pops back up and he's just like yeah. thickened up, dude. His neck's all thickened up. He starts stomping in t- right at me, dude, right at my tree. I'm like, Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. This is going to happen. <laughs> and I'm sitting there yeah. holding my bow and he's getting in closer and closer. He's at, you know, he's at 40 yards and he's coming in. He's at 30 yards. And he gets or he get, right when he gets be about 30 yards. He starts turning sideways and he starts sideways walking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, this is so sick. He's just going to come right in and I'm going to get like a 10 yard shot on this thing. It's going to be epic. I'm so, I'm yeah. like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm cracking beers. I'm ready to go, dude. Like, this is going <laughs> to be so bad, but I'm so, I'm just locked in on him. Right. Cause I'm watching yeah. him and I don't want to move and he's coming in and coming in and he gets to be about 20, maybe just under 20 yards away and he stops. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting there watching. There's some twigs and some other little branches in the way. And I do one of the, I keep doing these. I keep moving my head around a little bit. I'm like, maybe I could sneak an arrow in right there. Maybe I could sneak an arrow in down there. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm just kind of him hawing around and just really not liking that shot. The shot angle sucked. If he was completely broadside, it might have been a different story, but he was basically head on. He's pretty much, he's super, super hard quartering too, is what it was. Yeah, and I'm just like, I just really don't want to take that shot. Like, if it was wide open, maybe I'd take a quartering two shot with my longbow, and it was super close, maybe. 
But I'm just like, I just really don't like that shot with all the stuff in the way and him being that hard of quartering too. It's just going to be a really tough shot because there's a lot of bone I have to get through in order to get in the goodies. Mm-hmm. It's really, that's a really tough shot. And he's just stopped there and he starts rubbing this tree that's right in front of him, like pretty good. And I'm like, oh man. And I heard a, heard something snap like just off to my right. So I just kind of yeah. slowly move my head over and look back and there's a fork buck back there, dude. Like, I'm in between this fork buck and this 150 inch. I'm like, sick. He's going to come, he's going to come in and freaking rough, rough old boy up. Right. Yeah. Um, so the fork buck is just milling around and he, he finally notices the big buck over there. He picks his head up and he looks at that big buck and he's raking that tree. And he's like, mm, nah, and he just turns, turns and walks straight away from me and that buck. And I'm like, okay, pussy fucking geez, man. <laughs> And that big buck sees him turn around, and he's like, all right, well, I'll taught that bitch a lesson for snort wheezing at me. And he turns yeah. around and starts walking away from me again. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, no way. I'm just going to – this opportunity is just going to leave me like that. So I hit him with one more. Hit him with the other for – this is one more snort wheeze at him. And he stops. He looks back. And he's really like, really, bitch? Seriously? Like, you're going to yeah. do this again? And then he just kind of does some weird shit. He just kind of like – walks over like he's going to come towards me and he stopped and he walked back the other way and he turned around again and he just went down this hill just dove off the side of this hill basically and just walked out I'm like well there goes that and yeah, that's him again but he's a cool deer but after looking at him and we do have him on trail camera a couple different times and looking at him dude i'm just like in in person i think i don't know man i think he might just be like a super stud three-year-old Cause he's got a pretty, he's got a fairly small body on him and he doesn't look that big. Even in early season, he didn't look that like that big body wise, like big antler wise. I'm like, he just, mm-hmm. he just looks young, younger. I shouldn't say young. Cause he's, he's mature enough, but so I'm thinking he's right around three, maybe four, but I really think he's probably closer to that three and a half year old range. But Did he's, he not he, carry a lot of men to him? Not a lot. Not really. He had some other cool flyers and stuff. Like he's a mainframe mate and he had a couple little stickers and stuff coming off his G2 and whatnot, but he had really cool genetics and he looks really cool, but I'm like, man, he's going to be a superstar sometime. You just got to, yeah. now I'm sitting here like every other bow hunter and it's like, damn it. And I'm a gun guy and I love gun hunting and everything else too. Mm-hmm. And I run a gun podcast, but I'm sitting here kind of like feeling that bow hunter freaking anxiety of being like, I really hope they miss him during gun season, dude. You know, yeah. <laughs> It sucks. Cause yeah, that, that, that saying when, when, bow, when bow hunters say that, I'm kind of like, come on, dude, like you don't. And, and I know they know that they don't own the deer, but I'm like, you're really going to get that butt hurt about if they shoot your deer. But no, I'm seeing, now I'm seeing it. The, I'm like, now I'm seeing it. I'm like, yeah, I could, I, I'd get butt hurt about it. <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, it's, because we can gun, you know, we can, like Illinois, we get a weekend, first weekend. We just had gun, first first gun season. Yep. We go Thanksgiving, and then we go second gun season. And then we have muzzleloader, uh, I think, the following weekend after the second gun season. How long is uh, second gun season? Uh, four days. I think it oh, okay. starts, a, I think it's a Thursday to a Sunday. Okay. Or it might be a Friday to Monday. I think it's four days, but the first one is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then we go uh, Thanksgiving week, and then we hop back into uh, next weekend. Or, yeah, next weekend would be uh, second shot, yeah, is what they call it. But, yeah. 
you can use shotgun, uh, revolver, um, muzzle loader, or uh, now we have straight wall cartridge rifle. Mm-hmm. So, so honestly, it's pretty similar to Iowa minus the the dates because Iowa yeah. Iowa comes in first weekend of December every year. Mm-hmm. So this year it's December second, I think, is when it kicks off, and um, mm-hmm. it's a Saturday. So, um, but first gun is just Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I think it goes to Wednesday or Thursday. Actually, I think it goes until Thursday. And then you have second gun season. That's two weeks long. So it's that picks up on that Friday, I think, and then it goes, you know, Saturday, Sunday, all throughout the week, then ends on that following that next following Sunday. So mm-hmm. Iowa's gun season is actually per like day wise longer than Illinois' gun season. Sounds yeah. like yeah. So Yep. It's just we start later though. You guys start like towards the tail end of it's like just when I get almost in like lockdown into post rut activities. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. I shot I shot both my big bucks. Um I shot Toby, he's my biggest one. Mm-hmm. I shot him would have been I shot both of them on the second shotgun season. So that's December. Well, yeah, it'd be the first weekend in December. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I feel like both of them are chasing too. Yeah. Like Mr. Krabs and Toby, um, they were both chasing does when I shot them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like we come out of, you know, we come out of peak estrus, that lockdown, and then, you know, whatever remaining does, it's like the mature ones. It's always, like, what I've always seen is, like, I, n- I always still have the, the younger ones running around right now, seeing them in daylight, and then, like, second gun rolls in, and it's like, I catch, I'll catch one of the big ones, like, just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I haven't seen you in, like, three weeks, dude. Yeah, and then doing? like boop, right back. But yep. I'm not complaining. It's a uh, shotgun. I going back to that. You know, like oh man, dude's gonna shoot it with a gun. You know, hoping he makes it through it. It's like you know, being a bow hunter and you chase them from the beginning of October all the way to this point, and you're like, you know, you ever seen that meme? It's like some dude, like from Trailer Park Boys. It's like you know, you've been chasing this deer all all fall. Yeah. Some dude looks like this. You're gonna shoot it with a rifle. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Some dude like holding a bottle of whiskey. Oh like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. I'm, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I, I love the stereotypes of gun hunters. Like it's, they're hilarious. Yeah. They're hilarious yeah. because we all know at least one or two of them. Oh you know, yeah. We all know oh, them. Yeah. And I yeah, think the. A... Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Oh, I was, keep going. I was gonna say, I think the the biggest thing with bow hunters and gun hunters. And that's what I'm trying to like, that's one thing I'm also kind of trying to do with this podcast is like, cause being in the bow hunting community and also in like the gun community and stuff like that, it's like there is an aura of, and I've talked to Kurt and stuff about this too. And said, said this on, I think on one of the WCB podcasts or maybe it was a deer cast episode, but there is an, in or in certain circles, not all of them, I'm not generalizing here and saying all bow hunters are like this, but there is an aura 
of pretentiousness that comes from certain bow hunters where they're like, I'm better than you because I use a bow. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they always, and don't, you know, and I, once again, I'm not hating. I'm just pointing out what I, observations here, right? They're all big mm-hmm. compound guys. They have all got, you know, either permission, really good permission properties, or maybe they have really good leases or maybe they just own good property. But it's like, there's a bit of a pretentious aura around certain bow hunters that when they look mm-hmm. at, they kind of look down their nose at gun hunters because like, oh, you're using a gun, you fucking blah, blah, like pick up a, something harder, you know, kind of thing. And they see these dudes that are out there fucking just having a good time driving around, jumping out, pushing a wood lot, shooting deer, having a good time. Maybe they're drunk. I don't know. But, you know, yeah. it's like they see that and they're just like, <laughs> disgusting. You disgusting yeah. peasants. You know, yeah. Um, and like, how uh, dare you go push this property and shoot this deer? I've been yeah, after all like, yeah. You fucking coward! You caught him with a gun. Like, oh, good job. Yeah. The, the the asterisk on that on that buck, you know, for him, kind of deal. And I don't, mm-hmm. I really don't like that because I grew up a gun hunter, and I had I've had an intera- interactions with a couple like pretentious bow hunters, and that's what kept me out of bow hunting for so long. That yeah, and the, the fact that my dad famously said, you know, it's like, well, bonings for felons. I'm gonna go Roger that, dad. No problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I've always just gun hunted my entire like youth and stuff. Then joined the army and continued to gun hunt just in a different aspect. And uh, yeah. you know, it's like, but then coming, then coming home and stuff. I'm like, I really want to get into hunt, like hunting again, because I took a long break while I was in the army, and I want to get back into hunting, like full, like both feet in let's go so i just my yeah. buddy matt moon got me into bow hunting and i shot a deer with that i'm like that it was just that was different you know it was different than gun mm-hmm. hunting, than gun hunting for sure it's not it's, it wasn't better uh, it wasn't better it's just different yeah. in my opinion it's, uh, you know it's the challenge of you know yeah i mean you can shoot deer i mean whatever yardage you're comfortable with with a compound or you know anything like that but yeah. it's think it's that challenge of you have to i mean even even shotgun hunting i mean shit dude i i didn't see deer friday or saturday like yeah. zero mm-hmm. and then sunday like where i parked my truck the deer are coming out to a chisel plowed field which makes no sense yeah and like grazing on a chisel plowed field and like I still had to, you know, I made a 210 yard shot on a doe on Sunday with a muzzleloader. Like yep. that's still hard. Like, oh yeah, it was kind of a hail mary. Like I had my muzzleloader sighted in for like 130, and I was like, well, I'll just I'll hold a little high, and uh, center punched her. So I was like, okay, well, Sweet. guess my muzzleloader sighted in for 210 yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's a really it, good I mean, shot with a muzzle. I and mean, you said you're, because we talked earlier, and you said you're using a CVA Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. 200 and, what are they, 250 bucks yeah. or something? I think I got mine on sale for like a like 180 dude. Let me grab, I still have the, I still have the receipt from when I bought it. Oh, there you go. And uh, total for everything, this is with, uh, like a couple things of black horn. Um, I got the black horn, uh, breech plug. Um, you got a black horn breech plug. Didn't you have the QRB 
the quick release breach plug that came with the wolf? No, mine mine's like a long thread out one. Really? Yeah. Grab yeah, it. Gra- gra- yeah, just grab it real quick. I want to see this. I wish you guys. I wish you could because the CVAs they came they come with their so their yeah. quick release breach plug. Got a lot of thread. Yeah, but it's oh, hold up closer. Oh, okay, yeah, that is different than mine. Turn on the other side. Oh. Okay, that side looks the same. It says so. so it's, it's a it's a it's a black horn breech plug that fits in the, that just is made specifically for the CVA. Yeah, CVA makes them. But it's it's for shooting like loose powder. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of shooting pellets, like I, I have the other one, and it's like just a super small hole. Yep on the on the other side instead of having a big fat hole, it's just a really tiny yep. little pencil, like pin pin yeah. prick hole. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But it total package was five hundred sixty nine dollars and sixty eight cents. That's with powders and bullets. And... That's powder primers. Uh, my the scope, um, that's Rings. total pack. Yep. Rings, yeah, that's everything. So 500 bucks and you have a uh, ready to shoot, two- like, really 200-yard fucking muzzleloader. Yeah, like, when I sighted it in, uh, I didn't even sight it. I sighted it in last year. I went and shot two bullets uh, on my way back, or uh, before shotgun season. 130 yards, shot a half-inch group. Out of a cold barrel. Nice. That was clean, clean barrel. Cleaned it be, uh, before I put it away from last year. Uh, first two shots out of 130 yards with a half inch group. That's badass. Oh. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, sick. Like Two hundred fifty dollars. Like same thing with South Dakota. We went prairie dog hunting. Oh yeah. All I did was use Matthew's uh, Savage Access. That yep. two hundred dollar rifle 223 yep, yep maybe like dude like just Lights snipe out. And shit with that yeah. thing. like i'm like so i've had expensive guns and it's like i don't know if it's just because you pay so much for those high-end guns it's like they're finicky i don't know it's like uh well their tolerances are really tight obviously so yeah. they're they're much more precision um like uh tolerances and shit like they're super super tight so i don't know if i it definitely adds to a little bit of finickiness but you're gonna have tighter tolerances you're gonna have it's a tighter shooting gun it's, not, I don't it's know. definitely not a, it's definitely not a throw in the back of your truck gun you know but maybe just growing up like in a family that you know we don't we didn't have a bunch of money we didn't get to experience like high-end rifles and shit and oh, shotgun yeah. i don't know i think i'm just meant to shoot sub $300 guns. <laughs> Dude, but the thing is the technology is there where these, you know, I'd say the 300 to $800 guns are nice. Like, they're they're making some really, really good guns for fucking cheap, dude. Like, the Savage Access, oh, yeah. in my opinion, cheap gun. Ruger American, cheap gun. But they shoot great. They shoot really, really well. They have cheap-ass, yeah. nasty, gross, ugly, pathetic stocks on them. Hollow yeah. 
plastic stocks. Like their stocks are shit, but I would rather have a gun manufacturer that's making an affordable rifle cheap out on the stock and have a solid action in a good barrel. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what you need. And you, you're yeah. going to shoot lights out with it. It's going to have a disgusting, ugly stock that, you know, you, you tap the butt stock and it's going to be a dunk, dunk, dunk. Cause it's hollow. Yeah. It's not good, but it, it works. It's not going to be com- like super comfortable. Like if you have a higher end stock, but you can buy those cheaper guns and you can get a, like a drop in stock. You know, you can get mm-hmm. like Boyd's gun stocks. They're, they're supposed to be really nice. I've never used them. Um, Wooks. Have you ever seen Wooks? No, I've never they're, heard of it. They're fucking badass. They're wood. They're wood stocks that you can put on. They make them specifically for any different rifle, and it it it's bad. Adjustable cheek weld. It's all walnut, and the pieces are fucking like I don't, it's a really tight tolerance. Supposedly really tight tolerance, like just awesome wood stocks. But it's looks yeah W O O X W. Oh, oh, X. Wooks, LLC. Yeah. Sounds like somebody with a bad list trying to say <laughs> work. <laughs> he works. He works here. <laughs> yeah. Or I, I was thinking like it was a Wookie, like you know, a bunch of Chewbacca's. Did it all for the Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they make a sawed off version for the shockwave? The eight seventy. I could get oh, a yeah. sawed off and pump handle for like a bird barrel. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sick. Dude, they make them for everything, dude. It's awesome. They make them for, you know, Savage and Ruger and all sorts of shit. I was looking at them a little bit. They're expensive. I think they're like a little over a grand. But they're oh, cool. really? I think so. But they're badass, dude. So it'll make you, you know, you, you buy a two, $300 gun, you put that stock on there, now you got a $1,500 gun, dude. Easy. Yeah. You know, like, like just buy what you paid for, but it'll shoot like a, probably a, two th- like a 2K plus gun. Because I think the actions in the barrels on the Ruger American are good. I think they're, they're mm. really solid. They're good shooting. Um, the Savage, I don't know. Savage barrels kind of, they're really prone to rust from what I've seen. And that's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, but it's also could, cheaper and they shoot well, even it might just look gross. You know, that, I guess you could, that's me being you a little bit like, uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, good Lord. That's a brain fart in half right there. Uh, it's oh, when they yeah. paint them or. What the hell is that called? Terracote. Yes. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like where they. Like, it's like when they paint them, but for like guns. <laughs> yeah. Good you, lord. What you could do is just rattle cannons cheap enough. Yeah. That'd be cool. And then like, you just won't. You, know, you just you won't see to, the rust. It'll still rust, but you won't see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, if you wanted to doll up a cheaper gun, you know, terracote it. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to get wild and crazy, you can just keep the action and throw, throw a. A new barrel on too, yeah. Get it rebarreled with a little higher quality barrel, but throw a carbon rust, barrel on. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that they rust inside. I don't think they're prone to pitting or nothing. That's just, it's just surface rust. So mm-hmm. you know, if you take it out every once in a while and you know, clean it up and maybe oil it up a little bit just to keep the kind of try to keep the rust off. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, but there's yeah, like those 
like I have a like my uh, Ruger M seventy seven Hawkeye. That's a beautifully beautiful barrel. Like all, it's a very pretty looking gun, but that's not that's very rust resistant. But mm-hmm. the Ruger American, actually, my Ruger American was did not get a, uh, a speck of rust on it as long as I had it for either. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I had a thought earlier. I, I kind of want to go back to bow hunting and gun hunting because we were on that tangent for a little bit. Um, but I guess what I, I guess I, I don't think I finished my thought properly on that. So I'm going to yeah, dial think, back to we that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not saying that. I definitely wasn't trying to say if anyone took it that way that bow hunters are pretentious because I'm not saying that. It's just it's there's more. It's that the bow hunting community is prone to having more pretentious people in it. I guess is what I'm saying, as yeah. opposed to what I've seen in the gun, <clears throat> the gun community and gun hunting community. The, the biggest thing you have to deal with is in the gun hunting world is just dumbass fucking people being dumb. Mm-hmm. Like doing dumb shit, taking dumb pictures, um, all that stuff. Like that's that kind of stuff you have to worry about in the with certain gun hunters. But yeah. like bow, I don't know. With bow hunting, it's just like I love it. It's it's my I'm very very passionate about bow hunting. I'm also passionate. I'm also equally as passionate about gun hunting and stuff because it's like I don't want. And it's not that I really give a fuck, but it's like I don't want anyone looking at. And I don't think anyone does. I've never heard it if they do, but it's like, yeah, the gun, the animals I shoot with a gun, they're not any less than just because I shot that one with a gun, I guess is what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. I've seen that with certain people who are like, yeah, I shot it, but I shot it with a gun. They kind of put their head down. It's like, dude, it's like when you go out and you shoot a, say you're hunting and a buck comes in, you get really excited and you fucking pull back and you freaking zap them and he runs off mm-hmm. and dies and you find him. You're like, hell yeah, dude, I'm so stoked. And you pick him up. You're like, oh shit. I, you know, he has ground shrinkage. You're like, damn it. He's only like a 120. I was really thinking he's like closer to, you know, mid 130s or whatever. And you look yeah. at him and you just get kind of disappointed. And then people are looking at him like, hey, congratulations on your deer. Like, thanks. He's not my biggest, but he got me really yeah. excited. So I shot him. And anyways, it's like, don't make excuses for what you kill mm-hmm. or how you kill it. Like, just don't yeah, you like, be proud. So just stay pumped up about it. Yeah. No matter what you're using, if you're using a gun or a bow, minus a crossbow. But, um, <laughs> yeah, if I see, if I see an able bodied person, human being, and you're, you're shooting a crossbow and you shoot like, I don't know, three, shoot a giant. Yeah. Crossbow. I'm just, just, the deer's not cool. Like, I don't care to know what it scores. I don't, I just, I don't care. The thing is, like, oh, sorry, keep going. I'm sorry. I get it if you're, you know, you have a disability or you're injured or something like that. I totally understand it. If I was injured and couldn't draw anything back, like, literally, I, I would have to be fucked up because I, I, figure out a way i can go down to a 38 pound recurve in the state of illinois i think 38 pounds is the minimum yeah so you or you can move to iowa so there, is, there is no minimum in iowa as far as i know i think i think it's 38 in illinois but yeah i'd be i'd be figuring out how i could shoot 38 pounds until i got to a point where i'm like okay i literally can't do this and then i would you know if I was at that point, then I'd be like, all right, I'm going to grab a crossbow. But I'd, 
Yeah. I, I think I'd have to be pretty much close to dying. Yep. So I just looked yeah. it up just to make sure I wasn't being stupid. There is no minimum draw weights for bows in Iowa. Let me look up Illinois. I think it's, I want to say it's 38 pounds. Yeah. There's no minimum draw weights in the state of Iowa as far as I've just quickly looked up. But um, there is an ethics discussion to be had there. You're not going to go out with a, uh, you know, a 15 pound bow and shoot deer. That's just not very ethical, you know, but you know, I feel like anyone, unless you your arms are completely fucked, you can pull back a 30, 35 pound bow. No problem. You, so it's, you can figure it out. Min- yeah. Minimum draw weight of 30 pounds at some point within a 28 inch draw length. Minimum arrow length is 20 inches and broadheads must be used. Yep. Okay. Electronic arrow tracking devices are illegal. What is that? Um, I think people, they were experimenting with something that you could, like a certain knock or something like that, that has a mini GPS in it. Oh, so I remember it, those. So if it sticks so in, sticks in them, then they run off and you can like track to, at least to where your arrow fell out or if it's still in them. Yeah. God forbid you try to recover your animal after fucking yeah, shooting it. Yeah, right. No shit. Fuck, it's but stupid. If, uh, we, the crossbow conversation is interesting because it's uh, it, it gets a lot of heat and it gets people really excited about it. Um, me personally, mm-hmm. it's like I really don't give a fuck what you use, but I don't but, either. It, real, real quick, but um, yeah. when you're an able-bodied person and you're using a crossbow during archery season, it's like we. I feel like I really do feel like as a community, we have to draw the line somewhere. And that is just my line. That's just the line I've made where I'm like, I'm not going to support it. I'm not going to, you know, diminish it, but I'm glad I live in Iowa where you have to be disabled in order to use one. Um, youth, youth can't even use crossbows. So I was just like, no, fuck them. They can figure it out. They can go out, they can go out (laughs) during youth season and use a gun, you know, but like no crossbows. When I started, I started hunting. It was, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't start out with a crossbow. Yeah. But I, like, I don't I, real quick. I just want to finish this thought. So, um, yeah. during, but when you're using a crossbow during archery season and you're able by person, um, I feel, I just feel like I wouldn't, it wouldn't get that much slack and I would be pro crossbow for whoever wants to use it as long as it had its own season. I mm-hmm. like gun season has its own season. Why? Because it's way more effective than a bow, way more mm-hmm. effective, right? In my opinion, crossbows do cross that line of being way more effective. I personally think that compound bows are borderline too effective for archery seasons. Like they're like they're getting so good, they're getting so efficient that it's it's almost getting scary how efficient that the compound bows are getting. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the reason why I picked up a stick bow too because I'm just like I just want to give it a shot and see what it's all about. And it's significantly harder. Like, when I have a compound in my hand, I'm like, I'm a oh, yeah. fucking sniper, dude. I can shoot mm-hmm. him across the whole food plot or whatever I'm at. You know, it's like, yeah. I feel, I almost feel like I have a gun in my hand because I'm like, this is so much more efficient than my, my stick bow. And then when I get, because I've, I've shot a crossbow or two here. They're old, old-ass crossbows. But when I got a crossbow in my hand, I'm like, this thing is ridiculous. Like, it's mm-hmm. so easy to shoot. Like, it's insane. Yeah. So that's just where I, me personally, I cross the, I, I draw the line for myself at crossbow. And the, the biggest reason is because you're not holding the weight back, even though they have compounds that have 90% let off, I get it, but you're still holding it back 
with your hands. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have a, you don't, you can't set your, you can't pull back your compound and just hit hit a a button and then just holds right there and then hang it on a hook or put it on a, on a, put it anywhere already drawn then put in your hands, then pull the release and let it go off. You know, that's not Mm -hmm. how it works. So you still have to hold it back. So it still is a, a bow in my opinion. So, but with crossbows, it's just a completely different story, mainly because of the, the efficiency of them and the fact that they completely lock back to the rear and you pull a trigger and make it go off. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Like I think Illinois is doing everything they can to try to kill as much deer as they can. And, you know, they, yeah. that's why they okayed it for crossbows, you know, because it used to be that you used to have a medical exempt, you know, you used to have something you had to go to the doctor and had to do that, get a, a write off saying you could use a crossbow. And now like new, like, I don't know, see stuff on like Facebook. Oh, just got into bow hunting this year. And, you know, post pictures of crossbows and stuff like that. It's like, just, yeah, I, don't know. I think you're it's easy. Yeah. I think you're, but, you're, you're inviting the, you're inviting a certain amount of people in that maybe, maybe they're getting into hunting for the wrong reasons and they just want to kill some shit because let's face it, big bucks, dead, big bucks that, that you kill get a lot of attention on the internet. People mm-hmm. are maybe attention seeking. They get into it for maybe they get into it for the wrong reasons. Maybe they just are are sick of. Maybe they just want. Maybe they just want it because they like it. I don't know, but uh, yeah. it's just at the end of the day, it's like you're you're hunting these animals at their most vulnerable during the rut, during the early season, and the rut. It's like you're hunting. You're already hunting them at their at their most vulnerable. That's the whole reason why we had designated archery seasons because it's it's a harder weapon choice. So mm-hmm. we give. So the states gave bow hunters the 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 time frame that these deer, especially the bucks, are at their most vulnerable. I'm not going to say the easiest time to hunt them, but the most yeah. vulnerable point in their lives. So they gave that to them because archery is more difficult to yep. you know is that's less effective. I shouldn't even say it's more difficult because in order to become a really, really good shot with a rifle, it takes a lot of practice, but Mm -hmm. it's just way, it's just way less efficient than a rifle. But that's why we're not hunting them in the Midwest with rifles during the rut because it's just not appropriate in my opinion. Now, Illinois, you guys get damn close with it being late November, but it's like, you know, when you start introducing crossbows in that season, it's just like the reason, the whole point of the, having the archery season at that time is because the efficiency of bows and arrows was so inefficient where they're like, we get the deer herd can sustain this type of pressure because they're not killing as much as they do during gun season. Mm-hmm. So once you introduce basically, basically a gun that shoots a bolt, it, it I, I just feel like that's almost unfair to the deer herd. And, uh, you know, not I, I can't even say it's unfair to everybody else that because it's your choice in Illinois, it's your choice, Scotty, to use yeah. a compound or a recurve. But it's yep. also your choice to use a uh, a crossbow if you wanted to. But it's just almost unfair, in my opinion, to the deer herd itself. So yeah, yeah, it's, 
I don't know. Like they opened it up, then they add the straight wall cartridge. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I mean, we have muzzle. Like I choose to shoot a muzzleloader during the gun season, or I I shoot my eight seventy with slugger slugger shots out of it. Yep. I've had. I don't know. I've had no issue with those at all. Like, like I said, I shot that doe at 210 yards. Like, I don't, what else do you need? I mean, I don't, I don't know what else you need. The straight wall thing. It's not that you need, really need anything else. Um, I've heard the argument from people that are anti straight walls or anti rifles and stuff and whatever else that, they're like, well, it's an, it was an industry push, a gun industry push to get to sell more guns and different different types of ammunition. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that was the case, but I also think there's just a lot of guys that are really into guns, and they're like, I want something other than a fucking shotgun. I would like to use something cooler, you know? Yeah, looks cooler. Maybe it shoots a little bit better. Maybe it shoots a little bit more accurate. You know. So there, mm-hmm. like, and the, there's also that argument where it's like, well, it's during gun season, so it's like, I just want a gun that's more efficient, a gun that's more accurate, because then you're not wounding as many deer, and you're actually killing them and finding them. Yeah. So you're actually filling tags more rather than maybe the maybe the perceived shotgun season of wounding deer. But I have also never really seen that personally with my own eyes. Like a lot, I haven't seen a. An exponential, and everyone has their own different stories, and they've seen other things with other people. But in my little community, the people I've seen, I've I've only seen a handful of deer get lost during gun season. Yeah. So it's just like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't ever like, really. But it's also the people I hunt with. I think also. So yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. Like I, I got buddies that have those uh, like those smokeless muzzleloaders, like a oh, like an arrowhead. And insane. They'll target, they'll target practice out to like five, six hundred yards. And I'm like, what farm do you even have that you could shoot that far? Dude, Luke Horak like, was yeah. telling me with his arrowhead swingless muzzle loader, he's like, dude, I'm talking sub MOA at 600 yards. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's like, insane, dude. But it's, you know, like, I guess I, I don't I don't have an issue with the straight wall cartridge deal because uh, Illinois they put all these restrictions on it too like it's got to be a single shot and all this shit. Fucking, oh really? Yeah. See in Iowa like, you can use a fucking you know, AR-15 chamber and 450 Bushmaster and let her eat. Yeah, I think I think with that new gun law that they did, it's got to be a single shot or oh, that's right. It's got a like you gotta do something to the mag so it can only hold one, or yeah, you guys are communists out there. I forgot. Yeah, it, but you could take a a rifled barrel, eleven eighty seven, and still shoot three Sabbath slugs out of it. Or you have I have, think you, even you have, have, to have a, you have to have a plug in your shotgun during gun season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dang. you can only shoot three. See, there's out. <laughs> Which, there's never been a limitation in Iowa. It's like you can fucking load her up, son. Yeah, but like I don't know. I sh- that's why I like the muzzleloader. I mean, it's pretty much one shot. Like for me to reload it, like 
I guess I just like the challenge of it. I like challenge. I like having the challenge of doing that. Like you get one shot, make it count. You better shoot straight. Yeah. So I've always been, I guess my dad, he always raised, he raised, so when my dad bought me my shotgun, he got me a Mossberg 500 and had a rifled barrel with it. Got the combo Mm -hmm. and he bought me, uh, I think two boxes of slugs and it's like, all right, this is your box to get zeroed in with. And this is your box for the next 20 years. Cause it's a box of 20. Mm-hmm. He's like, you, that box should last you 20 years now. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, nice. So that's how he, that's just kind of how he always raised me. He's like, you know, just make every shot count, you know, not, yeah. that, not just cause you only have one shot to make count. It's like, just make every shot count no matter what. Every time you pull that trigger, mm-hmm. make sure that's going to, you have a high probability of hitting what you're aiming at. Yeah, and, make make a smart choice. You yeah. know, make you know you got to think about it. Like so, it's not just I got two more to follow up after yes, this one. Right? It's like, yeah, like it it'll make you think. Yep. You know, ethical ethical shot or not? Yep. You know? And so that's kind of what I'm trying to get across with the whole gun hunting gun hunting haters too. Is like there are a lot of people out there that just let her eat, oh, right? But yeah. it's all about how you're raised. And those same people, I've seen people that have that attitude get into bow hunting too and they have that same attitude there's mm-hmm. like let her eat and if they have a muzzle loader in their hand like fuck it like every every shot you don't take is you know uh you miss every shot you don't take mm-hmm. and i've heard that from a lot of people and it's funny but i've i know a lot of people that actually are like that's my motto i'm like i don't like that when you're yeah. being serious about it because it's like now you're talking about taking um subpar shots because that's your shot it's like don't just let it go like yeah look at that deer like, that i had at, at 20 yards like i know a lot of people that would make that would take that shot and then they'd lose that deer and they'd come back and they'd be like fuck guys i had this 150 inch buck and i took this shot because it's the only shot i had and i thought i could make it make it work and it just now i'm now i'm fucked and i wounded this deer and it's mm-hmm. like damn shouldn't have taken that shot yep. then probably and I'm not saying I'm better than anyone by any means. But I'm just saying, like, what I'm saying is that um, people, some people have a mentality of just being like, fucking make it happen. Yeah. You, know? you got to get out of that. Whether you have a gun in your hand, a bow in your hand, or a crossbow in your hand. It's like, you got to get out of that mentality of make it happen. It's like, let it happen. And if it happens, then make it count. I think at some point we've all been that guy. Like, we've all made a questionable shot. But... It's usually a hard lesson learned from it, and yeah. you're like, I'm never going to do that again. Yep. Uh, like Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com I was, it was the first doe I ever killed. I was 14 or 15 years old. Uh, first bow, bow kill I ever had. And, uh, didn't know I was, you know, didn't really shoot a whole bunch. Like, just went out, like, just like any new deer hunter probably would, you know, just deer season, got my bow shot, you know, a couple days prior to season, like yeah. ready to go. Right. And 
I spine shot this doe and uh, put like three more arrows in there, and they were like all gut shots. And I'm like, oh, oh my shit. god, like <laughs> she's just rolling around in this creek. And like I went down there, and my stepdad's like, well, you know, you can't get a hold of me or anything, or if you can't put another arrow in her, you have to slit her throat. And like being shit. 14 years old was like. What? <laughs> what? Let her throat? Like, <laughs> okay. And uh, so, you know, I'm trying to, I've never stabbed anybody my entire life. <laughs> so, like, trying to figure out how to stab something that's alive at that age is, like, kind of mental. <laughs> like, yeah. Make you second think real hard about even wanting to deer hunt anymore. Yep. And uh I did that and she, she I paralyzed her from her back legs but her front legs were still moving. And I went to went to slit her throat and uh she kicked me so hard in the leg with her front leg like it dropped me. <laughs> like took my took me off my feet. Like it I thought she broke my leg. Nice. And uh not proud of it, but, uh, like, insta-rage came over me, and I, I wound up ending her with a log. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it, but she was just, oh, oh, like, it was, like, Scarring. the most gruesome, like, I just murdered oh, something. fuck, dude. Yeah. That's insane. But, uh, I probably sat there in the woods for, like, a good 45 minutes after I did that, and just, like, I, I will never do this again. Like this is this is never how I want to kill an animal. This is never how I want to do this. Yeah. And uh, after that, I got an archery lessons. Um, you know, learning how to work on bows, how to broadhead tune, how to do all that stuff. It's like I owe it to that animal that I'm trying to take its life to put the most ethical shot I can on it. Right. And, like it was after that, I was like this is what i you know i have to i have to practice i have to know how to do this better and do this the right way and ever since then it's been that way of thinking like i don't ever want to do that again no it sucks i i had a slow deer's throat one time because i was muzzler hunting and i crossed a creek and my fucking my extra um loads fell out i'm like damn it and i only have this one shot left so mm-hmm. like, what I have in my gun is what I got. And I end up um, hitting a deer in the spine. Kind of, same kind of thing. Like, son of a bitch. Like, yeah. What, I have my knife. So I had to go up to it. And it was not the same situation. I actually slid it through. But I was just like, I had to get on top of it. And it's, you know, I'm like, fuck, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I stabbed yeah, it on one side. And it's like, I'm like, yeah. oh, and I just drug it across and. So that's throw I'm like, holy fuck, dude. And I had to sit there while I was just like, like bleeding out. I'm like, geez, Louise, Jake, like, don't fucking do that again. Just go back to the truck. Yeah. Just call it. They have a it's, la- of- it's the last day of late muzzleloader, though. I'm like, I just got to make a count. And it's like, fuck me. That fucking happened. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it came in too close. And the, you know, my, my shot, I just made it. It's a, such, is such a fast big decision i shot and went high and hit and so i'm like fuck me yeah it's just you know everybody's been there 
And it's like what you do after that point is like, yep. I feel like that makes true hunters, you know, you gotta, you gotta respect what you're going after and you yep. owe it to that end it the quickest way possible. Yep. And that is why I am an advocate for having, you know, more like during gun seasons. Like I, I love, I love having my gun fully loaded. Cause then I know yeah. I have at least, you know, in my shotgun, I have at least five, um, f- you know, five shots, you know, I have at least that many. So mm-hmm. it's, I, I like having that. Cause you hit it, spine it immediately. Dunk, dunk, sh- shove yeah. another one in there and it's dead, dead in seconds. Yeah. And during muzzleloader season, it's like, you don't have that option. If you, you know, are a dumbass and lose your shit like I did, or if you shoot it, then you're at minimum having to reload for, I don't know how long it takes to take another time myself and reloading my muzzle loader, but it's like, it's a lot more than pumping the action of a shotgun. Or even if you have a semi-automatic, just quickly pulling the trigger again and killing it. It's like, yeah, that's why I am like during gun season. I'm personally like, I'm going to go out there with the most effective weapon I have. I'm not a purist <laughs> of anything, dude. I'm not, I'm not a purist bow hunter. I'm not a purist gun hunter. I'm not a purist in any of this shit. I'm not a purist muzzleloader hunter. I'm like, I just yeah. like to hunt and I'm going to use what, the most effective tool I have at my disposable disposal at the time, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever season I'm in, I'm just not, I'm not going to go. I'm not the guy that's going to go out, um, on a, on an elk hunt. If rifles are allowed, I'm using a rifle. I'm, there's yeah. no question. I'm not going to go out with a bow. If I'm allowed to use a rifle, I'm like, I'm just going to use a rifle. Like, that's just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just, that's just my personality. That's just the way mm-hmm. I am. I'm like, I'm going to use the most effective tool I have at my disposal disposal. Like during archery season, I'd like to go with my stick bow, but you know, that's not the most effective, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at with that. Cause that is true. I, I use a least, uh, less effective weapon during archery season. I don't know why, but like, I might have the mindset of like when it's gun season, use the most effective tool you have at your disposal, I guess is for, for some reason. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. That is tough. That's kind of a double-edged sword. It is. It really is. Now I'm thinking about, it, especially uh, fucking. I really, really thought about that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. Because it's like, is my is my bravado um, too much during archery season? Where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna use the less, the least effective tool at my disposal. We are because I. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah I, yeah, I don't know. Now I'm thinking about it, it's like, fuck you, crossbow guy. Yeah, and fuck you, gun hunters, man. I'm fucking, I'm a fucking longbow guy only now. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I guess that's true. I never really, really, never, really, never even really thought about it like that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's because hmm. we don't just pick up. You know, you we shoot our equipment year round, right? So it's it's not we're just going two weeks before season shooting our bows. You know, you're you're still thinking the most ethical way to kill that deer and that is to practice. Yes. And no matter what you're using. Like that doe I shot at two hundred and ten yards. I'm sighted in for hundred and thirty, but I've shot out to two hundred yards before and I know I'm four inches low at two hundred yards with that muzzle loader. Yep. So I bring it up four inches, which top of shoulder, center punched her. Yep. It's like, I know my equipment. So it's like, that's, 
that's how we are with, you know, longbows, recurves, compounds. That's, that's how we are. You know, it's, it's not just willy nilly. Like, it's not like I'm grabbing a recurve a week before season, just like, you know, like, like I, I know, I know my point on, I know where I got a hold within 25 yards. Like I don't take shots over 25 yards. Like that's, we know our equipment. So I think we're a little less of the double edged sword. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'll never take, I, I, in the off season, no matter what weapon choice I have, whether it's a compound bow, a recurve, a long bow, a fucking rifle, a shotgun, no matter what it is, I'd never, ever, ever take shots that have in the field that I've, that I haven't taken in the off season. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll just never do it. I, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I feel like that's, I feel like that's just asking for trouble. Like before I went to, um, New Mexico for the hunt wars deal, I got that six, five Creedmoor. I got it dialed in. I got it shooting. I shot it all the way out to 600 yards and I felt really mm-hmm. good at 600 yards. I'm like, okay, that's my effective, effective range. And that conversation came up, um, amongst the teams and stuff where we were, we were talking and I think I've told this story before, like the other team, they're like, yeah. Um, one of the guys is like, I'm like, what's your effective, like most effective, like what's your effective range? And he's mm-hmm. like, 1100 yards. I'm like, no shit. I'm like that's your effective range. He's like, absolutely. I'm like, okay. I'm like, let me, uh, I guess define my definition of effective range. My definition of effective range is when you pull that trigger, you are 100% confident it's going to hit where you're aiming. He's like, yep, 1100 yards. I'm like, no shit. He's like, what's yours? I'm like, 600. He's like, really? He's like, weren't you like a, an army sniper? I'm like, no, I wasn't an army sniper. I was in a scout sniper platoon. I was a reconnaissance guy. Like I wasn't a sniper, but I shot long playing long distance stuff. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm 600 yards. He's like, Oh, okay. Weird. Whatever. And then, you know, he, pro- he proceeds to, um, go out and, you know, miss some 400 yard shots like a yeah. couple different times. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like was 11, is 1100 yards your effective range now? It's like, yeah, I don't like to say it like that, but I'm like, yeah, if you're effective, if you're a hundred percent confident at 1100 yards then you should be 600,000% confident at 400. So yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah. one of those things where I, when I, maybe, maybe I'm just way more conservative with my estimates than other people as well. I guess. I don't know. Like I also know ben. guys with archery equipment, like they, they have a compound bow and they're like, the my dial, like if they're shooting a single pin or something like that, my dial goes to a hundred, so that's my effective range. It's like, have you ever shot at a hundred? No. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not your effective range, dude. <laughs> yeah, you ain't yeah. You don't you don't know or, if your arrow can clear the can can clear the sight, man. Like <laughs> so much stuff comes into play when you shoot that far. Like mm, mm-hmm. if, if you up your hand, like say you that's usually the most common thing with people hitting low on deer is they drop their hand to see where the arrow's going. Oh yeah. So they're drawing everything down. Yep. So you don't realize it, but you're actually dropping the pin before you release because everything's happening so quick. So you hit low and you're like, what the hell happened? Well do that at a hundred yards and magnify it by 10. Yep. So it's like, <laughs> 
It's yeah. like, dude, you have to be so lights out shooting that far, like, and it's got to be perfect conditions. Oh yeah. Well, and like I know, I know bow hunters have killed, like, ethically killed animals further than I've ever killed an animal with a gun. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. But some people are just that good. And mm-hmm. God bless me. Well, the conditions are perfect, and they're like highly confident. Like hell yeah, here we go. You know, fucking yeah, ninety eight yards, no problem. Knowing your equipment. Yes, exactly. And uh, but you're absolutely right when it comes to archery stuff, especially. It's like, and a lot of guys like they might punch it, and when they punch it, like their mind tells them like, all right, and pull the trigger, and then they drop it down and look. But their brain's not that fast, like they. As they pull it down, they they're pulling the trigger and they're throwing throwing themselves off. Like I yep. I use a I don't use a back tension or a thumb release. I use the finger I wrist. Know, I use a wrist rocket. You know, yep. it's like that's that's just the way I am. I'm good. I'm I'm good enough with it. I feel like I'm really confident mm-hmm. with that um, equipment. And I just I I lost a few arrows trying to get used to a thumb a thumb release. I'm like fuck this thing, dude. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm a I don't call myself a a, a puncher, but I'm a, yeah. a command release type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I draw back and I go through my shot presses and I keep my fucking bow arm locked in and I just focus, 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 and I just start squeezing my finger back just like I'm pulling the trigger on a gun. The same mm-hmm. same thing. And then yeah. when it goes off, it's like, oh shit, there we go. I get a, mm-hmm. I get a, I get a a known surprise shot every time. Like I know I'm pulling the trigger. I know I'm doing, it. I don't need it to surprise me, surprise me. Like I know I'm, this is where I'm at. My shot execution It's like, I know it's about to go off cause I'm feeling it go back and creep, creep, creep. And then it just goes off. Right. Yeah. But when I start initial, initiate, initial initiating, initiating. When, I start, <laughs> when I start initiating the shot part of the process, it's like, I know it's about to go off really soon. But that mm-hmm. almost gets me more focused where it's like really focus in and just let it go kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. That's just how I go through my shots. What do you, with your compound, how are you shooting that thing? Um, I actually shoot a wrist release too. Oh, do you? Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a sear. It's a sear, uh, yep. like setup. So it's an adjustable trigger. Um, and it's a single hook. So what is it? What's the release? Uh, it's an old, old tr- true, true fire. I think it's a true fire. Okay. It's not a true ball. Um, like they sell true ball and then, uh, true fire was a different, different company than them, but they don't, they don't yeah. make it anymore. And it's, it's just a head on like a, a strap. So it, it'll like free dangle. Okay. But you, you can adjust the trigger. Like it's super light, but. I, when I started shooting, uh, ASA and IBO, um, I went to a back tension and that back tension led me into a thumb release and it actually made me a better shot with my wrist release Oh, because it being able to set them up light, um, that surprise shot, it's really not even a surprise anymore. Like it's a, you know, it's coming, but it the back tension will get rid of all the thought of releasing it'll just get you focused on holding pin looking through the pin on where you want to hit like it's kind of the same way i shoot a recurve 
I know the tip of my arrow's there, but I'm not, I'm almost not even using it as an aiming point anymore. It's just a, a reference point. Like I'm shooting, yep. I, I stare a hole into where I want to hit. I know like a pin is there on a compound and like, you know, your vision can bounce that, the image back and forth, like your pin to the target, like your eye focusing. Yep. And I kind of do the same thing with a recurve pretty much, but I'm just using my arrow as like a reference point from left to right. Okay. But, uh, that back tension, it lets you focus more on that aspect instead of, I need to hit the trigger. And then Mm -hmm. that's when you get the flinch. That's when you get the drop. Um, helps a lot. Yeah. And also when I shoot, cause, uh, yeah, I talk about my, my compound shot, but it's like when I'm shooting my longbow, especially and all that stuff, it's like, cause I don't, I don't gap shoot. I don't really, I, I use my arrow. This is my arrow as like a reference as well, but it's like yeah. blurred. Like I never focus on my arrow ever. Yeah. I just stare. Yeah, it's, it's I just stare to line up. Yeah, pretty much. And I just, you know, I, I pull, I pull that fucking bow back. Like I'm, I'm trying to break the limbs off of it, right? You know, so I, mm-hmm. I pull it back to my <laughs> anchor point, and I just, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like hitting that back wall on your compound. You know, once you hit mm-hmm. that back wall, it's locked in. Like I get to that point, I pull back, and then I feel my arm. It get, you know, I start like this, and I pull it back, and I hit my anchor point. And when I hit my anchor point, I just keep pulling, pulling, pulling. Like I'm trying to pull that fucking bow apart, right? And I feel, yeah. I almost feel my shoulder like lock into place, like where I'm, and that's how I know I'm at full draw. I'm like my full draw and I'm all the way back. And then I just, all I'm doing is just focusing on the, on the target. And once I'm completely locked in like that, then I know that my arrow, cause I bring my air, I shoot three under and I, I, I switch to three under by the way, but I shoot three under and I bring it back and I bring that arrow, my, the knock of my arrow oh, you, all the way to my fucking, did switch back? I did switch back. You switch, do it. Yeah, I'm three under now. Hell yeah! Yeah, I'll but, build you a new tab. <laughs> yeah. I'm still using. I still got one. I still got a three under tab. Did I give you one? Yeah. Did I give you a three? Or did I, I thought I made you a split. Yeah, you gave me. You gave me a split too. So you gave me two already. You gave me a three under oh, one I and did? a split one. Yeah. So I'm just using my three under one now. So you're when good. did I give you a, the first one? You gave me you had the first shoot. The working class shoot. You gave me one, the three under one. You have to show me which that which one that is. Okay, yeah, it's downstairs right now, but I'll show it to you. Sometime. Yeah, but but yeah. Um, so like when I get because okay, that's where I was at. So my I bring my knock all the way up base because my anchor point is my cheekbone. Mm-hmm. Like I put my my index finger on my cheekbone, and that's my yep. anchor point. And then I pull it back until my arm locks into place. But that arrow knock is all the way up by my eye. So that's how I know when my bow arm is set and my anchor point set and my arm gets f- completely full, um, full draw that I know that arrow is straight and everything is lined up. And then mm-hmm. I'm just staring a hole, burning a hole in that target and just kind of, I'm still pulling back, but my, I'm not going any further back. And then my fingers just kind of release and let go. So I'm just, mm-hmm. like, it just goes. So once I, once all that is connected and it's all in line, then I know I'm like, okay, there it is. It's pretty damn close. Then my fingers are just going to let go when they need to. And then the arrow Mm -hmm. just does its thing. So yeah, there's a Brady. I I listened to, I've watched some like Brady Ellison videos and 
Uh, oh, yeah, he's a beast. I can't remember what which one he was on or what video it was, but like they're asking him about his release, and like he's got a super smooth release, and he's like, I think of a hot knife through butter, like think of that string, you know, like cutting through your fingers, pretty much, like. Oh yeah. You want you want your wrist like your wrist is loose, like your fingers are somewhat loose, but all your tension is in built into your shoulder and like, you know, instead of a stiff locked wrist, like everything's loose up front. And it mm. it's taken me a while to figure that out because I don't know how you have a limp wrist shooting a bow, but it like I've been messing around a lot with that, like trying to get like pulling through the string instead mm-hmm. of like a yeah because like, that's where you get that flinch and target yep. panic when you go Dunk. yep but just continuously i because i anchor my pointer finger to the corner of my mouth mm-hmm. and i wrap my thumb like kind of around my the back of my jaw oh sure and then that gives me two points of contact for an anchor point yep so i got boom and then it hooks into my jaw and then from there i just i start rotating my shoulder back and then i just let it go but hunting and trying to do that like it's hard yeah, it's hard dude it <laughs> like is I, hard. I missed a doe i missed a doe two weekends ago and shot 18 yards completely under and uh I'm like you, dumbass. Like I, I felt you like I hit, like I, like boing. I'm like, <laughs> what was that? Like, <laughs> who are you, dude? Yeah, like you. I'm like you know better. Like it was it, like I like completely rushed it, and I had no reason to rush it. Yep. And like, I just felt like a complete idiot. So now I've been, I haven't even been hunting. I just been well. I went gun hunting, but like every night after work, I've just been shooting. Like beat this into your head, you dumbass. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's talk about, uh, like your, when you're gun, when you're shooting a gun and stuff, kind of, do you have a, a shot process when you're shooting guns and shit too? Or are you just fucking yeah. crosshairs, animal pull? No. Um, like before I shoot, uh, I usually shoot on, uh, exhale. Like I yep. get settled in, um, like on my tripod, like I grab my, the bottom of my ball head and then I get nestled into the butt stock, take a deep breath in and then, and then usually right at the end of my exhale is when I, I'll shoot, but I'm through that exhale, just pressure, 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 pressure. And usually by the end of it, it's gone. Yep. But in our, in, Cause, uh, teach like shooting with my wife a lot, trying to get her up to speed and everything else. And she's been shooting great now. She's gone out and she's done qualifications and stuff with her handgun and passed them all. And just, she's honestly a really good shot now, which is awesome. But when I was, when I was kind of teaching her the fundamentals and stuff on how, on how like I shoot and stuff. And cause I don't need her. She's just a completely different person. She can shoot however she wants, but I just taught her the way I do it and the way I learned the fundamentals and all that good stuff. Cause you need, you need to know the fundamentals before you change and make mm-hmm. it your own kind of thing. 
Because she's different. Yeah. She's going to hold the gun differently than I hold my guns. And, you know, I'm a big man. Um, I have way bigger hands than her. So it's going to be different between yeah. me and her, right? <laughs> so yeah. I, I teach her, like, the way I do it and the fundamentals. The fundamentals are all the same, in my opinion. Just like what you were saying, it's like that's the fundamental of rifle shooting is that, you know, on the bottom of your breath, you're squeezing the trigger. Like, everyone knows yeah. that's that's when you're at your most calm and your most stable. Mm-hmm. So that's when you want to shoot. But when you're shooting a rifle, and it's a lot more of a command than it is with archery, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, when you get to the bottom of the exhale, you're like, okay, this gun needs to go off pretty soon here. That's why a lot of guys yeah. have super light triggers because they get the bottom of the exhale and like, and touch it off. So it doesn't mm-hmm. take much pressure. Yeah. Um, I like mine just a little bit stiffer than really light, you know. I like a nice, mm-hmm. light, crisp trigger, but not super light where it's like if I just blow on it, it goes off kind of thing. Yeah, those but, uh, are... So sketchy. <laughs> yeah, they're especially hunting rifles, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. But, um, I know some guys that coyote hunt with some pretty light shit, and it's like trip trip over something at night, fucking just anything. It's like, yeah, like... I I tried it with like a flat trigger out of uh, that Springfield I had, mm-hmm. and I I didn't I didn't really like it. Like I set it up to like a three pound trigger, but it was yeah. a single stake. Yeah. Um, and like I I really like two stage triggers because you get that creep mm-hmm. on your ex, and then usually by the end of that exhale, you're through that creep, and then it fires off. Yep, I like that. Those are nice. But, I do. I do like them too. But I, for some reason, I always shoot um, single stages just really well. Really, I feel like yeah. Like I like the I like two stages, but um, single stages it's just like for some reason I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't know what it is, but I just always shot them really well. I guess for some reason. But um, what I, what I was saying with uh, my wife when I was teaching her how to shoot and stuff. Um, we were talking about sight picture and everything else. And you want the same sight picture, consistent sight picture from shot to shot, obviously. Um, those are mm-hmm. like the very basics. But one thing that she was getting um, hemmed up on because she was new is that she'd be she'd punch out and she'd hold on target. And she'd be so hyper-focused on her, um, her uh, front sight post being in, yeah. you know, in the um, rear sight. <laughs> Like just having them lined up, she's so hyper focused on that. She was more focused on that than she was the target. So um, the way I've always shot is like you know you get them lined up, then you move past your sights and onto the target. And once yeah. you get them lined up, they're good. Like they're going to be fine unless something stupid happens, right? But they should. It, mm-hmm. But it's it's just like what we're talking about with archery equipment, where it's like um, you move once you get through all that draw, pin, bubble, settle. Got it on, got it where you need it, and then you move past, and that becomes blurry, and then you're focused on the animal, and that's there as a reference mm-hmm. kind of thing. Same thing with shooting guns. That's the way I do it, at least, where it's like, you know, grab my gun, animal, target acquired, okay, gun, rest, okay, crosshairs, target, lined up, everything's in there, okay, and then you know, I'm, I'm past the sight. Whether it's a scope or iron sights, it's like, now I'm through the sights, I've made it past the 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 
aiming reference point, like the sights or whatever it is, whether it's irons or crosshairs or whatever. It's like now I'm so hyper-focused on the animal, on the spot, the spot in the animal that I wanted to hit. And everything mm-hmm. else is just kind of blurry, but as a reference. And then I'm going through my shot process. Yeah. And, you know, exhale on, squeeze, 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 boom, gun goes off. It's like fucking... That's where I'm. That's where I'm at my most effective. That's when you. That's when you get a difference between when you learn how to do that. That's when you get a. Um, that, that's the difference between at a hundred yards of groups of your, th- you know, three shot group touching, or your three shot group pretty close to each other. You know, mm-hmm. like at a hundred yards, if I have a gun and I have paper in between my shots, I'm pissed. I'm like I'm fucking this up, or this gun sucks, <laughs> and now I'm pissed. So it's just like. I don't know. And at a hundred yards, you know, if you're going to have one, maybe that's has some paper in between it, but I get like really mad at myself for having paper in between any of my shots at a hundred yards, even at 200 yeah. yards. I'm like pretty pissed off myself. If I'm seeing paper in between them and then I'm like, chill Jake, it's a cheap gun and it's, yeah. it's pretty damn close, you know? So it's like, yeah. you gotta let some of it go. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, that's just me personally. I guess when, I'm going through my shot process with guns and stuff. It's like you, all that's there as a reference, but you need to, you need to be able to move past that, um, aiming that, that time that you're aiming and setting everything up. You need to be comfortable to move past that because it's going to make you a much better shooter rather than, rather than being hyper-focused on your, um, reticle or your iron Mm -hmm. sights or whatever you're using. When you're hyper focused on them and the target's blurry, then you don't really know where you're hitting. So. Yeah. Well, that and like focusing on the reticle too, like focusing on that so much, like you notice all the little, like you notice your heartbeat in the reticle, oh, you notice yeah. your breathing in the reticle. It's like you almost like need to follow like kind of that natural float with it instead of trying to be like, like looking past that and that because you're always going to have somewhat of a movement in there it's like the it'll never be like just dead rock solid you know i mean we're humans not machines yeah and it's like you need to focus past that through that and then you know get within sync of everything going on and like you'll shoot a lot better doing that way too oh yeah absolutely it's yep. it's a lot it's a lot easier to talk about it than do it though. Like it's yeah. Like I, I've had plenty of time, especially like if I don't shoot guns for a while. Like it's like what the fuck am I doing? Like this is pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it just takes you know practice. You got to get back into it and yep. do it some more. And I was in for. A, a few years I was really wrapped up in archery because it was new and exciting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, this is fucking awesome. Like I'm learning a new a new skill and it's great. And I really let my um, gun shooting take a back burner mm-hmm. and getting back into that too and getting back on that horse and getting focused on shooting guns and shit a lot more than I have in the past really. It's like, yeah, you do. Even if you just take like a few months off for me, it's like I take a few months off and I'm like, damn, dude. What am I doing? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I lost my touch a little bit. I need to kind of <laughs> resharpen, like you know, rehone the edge a little bit and yeah. kind of get back yep. in there. Then it comes back pretty quick. But it's like, 
you know, my first few shots, especially after winter, I take a, I take a little bit, bit of a break. So I'm not, sh- cause I don't like, sh- no one likes really hanging out when it's sub zero outside and shooting paper or steel, you know, it's like, fuck, it's cold. Yeah. So yeah, I don't shoot near as much as I should in the winter, but, uh, man, it comes springtime. Like, let's go. I'm an- I'm antsy. I'm ready to rock and I'm fucking ready to shoot some shit. And, mm-hmm. uh, I noticed a lot in like in the springtime, like what the fuck? Like we put out that range video that on YouTube and yeah. is in the springtime. Like, what am I even doing? Like I have a gun podcast for what reason? I suck. I'm a stupid idiot. <laughs> like this, I'm a terrible <laughs> shot. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I just took a few months off. I need to get back, get it back, get back into it. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's, that's how it is like after deer season. It's like, I don't even want to touch my bow. Like, so much yeah yeah and it's like then you take like two months off like and then you go back you're like oh yeah i'll be all right then just all over the place like i can shoot some pretty decent groups with my recurve right now but it's like after season and like you shoot here and there it's like dude they open up so much and it's like what the fuck happened like it's like, how does it go this bad? Yeah, especially with the recurve. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like you take a, like, you take some time off and you start shooting. You're like, why did I ever ever even sh- how was I ever any good with this thing? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like then like during the summer, like I'm taking like kneeling shots, like forty yards kneeling shots on like my deer target, and it's like yeah. I'm like trying to get ready. I still need to go out west because I never went to Utah this year. No, you didn't. You burnt burnt your hand. I burnt my hand. I bought a new truck, and I quit my job. (laughs) Yeah, a lot lot happened there. (laughs) Yeah, so there was a lot going on. So this year, I don't know. I don't know where to go this year. I don't know if I want to try to go to Utah again, or I really like South Dakota. You're going to bear hunt, though. Huh? You're going to bear hunt, though. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm going to Canada in uh, March, May. Yeah, so that'll be good. One of them starts with that. That's the month I'm going. Yeah, (laughs) it's probably probably March, right? I think so. Yeah. I have to talk to Mike again, but yeah, going bear hunting. So actually, I can't can't put my bow down after – deer season no you gotta keep shooting it through because yeah. it should be honed in and ready to go for springtime i know there's there's shot a bear before so that'll be that'll be different yeah i heard you just want to hit him hit him in the middle in the middle that's what they say they say their lungs and shit are all fucking elongated or whatnot i don't know i could be i could be totally wrong dude i don't know i, I should because I, i'm going bear hunting too um for in Wyoming for the Victory Drive Bear Camp, and yeah, I should probably learn bear anatomy a little bit more before I go out. Yeah, I need I need to look at that as well. Yeah, I heard you want to hit him further back than you think. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is what I heard. I got a I got a round bale in my yard. I could just spray paint a black bear on it. Yeah. <laughs> a little orange dot, like yep. where you need. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure their vials and shit sit kind of far, a little bit further back than they do on like whitetails and stuff. Yeah, I have to, 
I've been watching some videos on it and stuff and not about like where to shoot them, but just watching guys do bear hunts and stuff. And I'm like, this will be cool. Yeah. That bear mounts are expensive as fuck. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know where I'd put a bear in my house. I might, I kind of want to, I got, so when I was younger, my mom bought me a, like she went to South Dakota for Sturgis and they her and my stepdad brought me back like this black bear skin and I got it like as a rug. It's a, just a hide, but I got it like stretched out on my wall. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, man, it'd be cool to if I actually shoot one, like, <laughs> yeah, just do that with it. But it's like, then I'm going to have less room for deer mounts. <laughs> yeah, dude, my daughter, she really wants a, a bear rug. So if I get one, I'll probably put it in her room. If I do so a bear rug, I'll fuck it all up. So yeah, well, when I say bear rug, I, I I'm not putting it on the ground. Oh, I'm not a fucking I'm not I'm not a fucking medieval king, dude. <laughs> I'm putting the bear rug on the on the damn wall, dude. <laughs> I, I would love one for a living room rug. <laughs> dude, it, it would be sick, but how ridiculous would that be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd put it in my room, probably my, my like my bedroom, so when I you got the foot of my bed. Like, fuck yeah, dude. I don't know why, but I feel like you know, uh Anchorman, that cologne, Sex Panther. Oh yeah, dude. Like <laughs> I feel like I'd, if I walk in my house like like I'd just expect like some scent like that. Yeah. Sprayed all over the bear. Just yeah. fumigating <laughs> off of it. <laughs> Sex like, Panther. What is it like? Yeah. Like like sixty percent of the time it works every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smells like smells like Bigfoot's dick. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go make my move. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, don't, I don't know. I got a buddy that's getting a bear done. He said it was it was pretty expensive. I was like, well, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. I'll probably just end up getting a shoulder mount on it, honestly. Or half mount. Half mount would be pretty sick, too, but that's even more money. Yeah. I like the, I like just the hide idea. I'd like to, I got a buddy that I used to coyote hunt with, and he's got like a hanger on his wall. And, uh, like he's got a coyote, bobcat, um, fox coon possum like he's Wait, got like all is it hung up like have you been to like walmart and you go to the poster section yeah you know what i'm talking about when the, they have the post yeah. back in the day when they had the posters in the in the deal and you flip through them yeah it's kind of like that kinda like that wall. that's pretty sick yeah. like it's like a display it's it's badass and it's yeah. like that'd be cool like that that would be pretty like sweet. Have a, bear, a wolf mountain lion like just do all like tanned hides yeah that'd be sick be your your carnivore flip section yeah <laughs> like oh yeah this is my predator section here <laughs> better just make every one of them into a headdress dude i want a bear headdress so bad <laughs> like a fucking druid dude <laughs> just walk, walk around, around like myself. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh I live by myself. I'm a 
just curl up with your bear bear yeah. jacket. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Would, you get all the like chicks that. at the bar. Where the, the bar? They'd be like, what's going on, big daddy? <laughs> Walk bear coat. Yeah. And the in the Better. the sleeves are the paws and shit. Like fucking A, yeah. dude. That'd be so sweet. You got built in mitts. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'd be all about it. Oh yeah, it'd be sweet. So you're doing that, okay? Because I, for me, next year it's gonna be kind of busy for me. I got Wyoming Bear Camp and then Africa Camp, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be that's gonna be sick. Then I got my my whitetail stuff. I need to I need to make it out to that Wyoming camp. Yeah, you do. You really do. It could be a great time. That, I know that. And- Africa too, that'd be badass. Yeah, I can't speak firsthand on about Wyoming Bear Camp yet, but I've heard from Kurt and the boys that it's obviously awesome. Like horsebacking in and shit, it's pretty sick. But I know for a fact, like Africa is the shit. Do you just sit in the back of a Toyota Land Cruiser and drinking beer and fucking hunting? It's badass. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so fun. I dude, I'd I'd go just to drink. Hang out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a he blast, too. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's 200 bucks a day for the observer fee. And you're yeah. talking $200 a day for, like, a grade A resort with all you can eat and drink. Like, dude, that's it's, cheap. It's, like, it's food you've never had. Oh, yeah. Like, eat, you eat everything you shoot over there. So, it's, like, yeah. like I've never ate any of that in my life. Like no. <laughs> Every night we're eating, like our chef, Chef Charles, he would come out and he'd be like, all right, attention, please. And we'd all listen. Like, oh, yeah. He's like, today we are having sable, niara, and waterbuck. Like, oh, sweet. Like, with a side of this and a, a salad of that. And you just go through like each, all right, all, everything we're eating that night. And then dessert and stuff. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. It's like five-star fucking accommodations this is so badass man yeah and then we had giraffe when eric killed that giraffe and we had his um tenderloins like this is so fucking sweet like how many people in america can say like yeah i've eaten giraffe not a lot yeah so it's like it's badass how big is a giraffe tenderloin dude like or the backstrap really yeah it is the inside inside tendies dude and it was like Dude, it was fucking huge. It was like probably, like yeah, kind of, <laughs> but it, it, it was probably, I mean, it was a solid, cause he had two of them and it was, I don't know, solid, fuck, I don't know, a couple feet long and thicker, like just really thick is awesome. He cooked it over an open fire. It was so good. Oh. It was so good, dude. I can't, I can't stress it enough how good the food was and how cold the beers were. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. They'd, they'd bring a, a cooler out with like snacks and shit and then have beers in there and stuff. They, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily be drinking in the blind, but yeah. they, they wouldn't have told us no. So it's like, <laughs> it was awesome. But we we would have them for celebra- celebratory beers. Like So if we killed something, it's like, okay, the PH would come up with a beer. Like, here you go. Like, thanks, brother. Chunk. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was great. It was it was just such a good time. It was so much fun. 
I always say it's it, it's like a hunting vacation. It's not like North American hunting where it's like you strive for like that really hard grind. Like I'm up in the mountains, pack it in for 14 fucking days, shaving my toothbrush in half and eating fucking yeah. mountain house bullshit, jambalaya. <laughs> Shitting my brains out every night, raining on me every night. I didn't bring a yeah. thick enough sleeping bag because my pack was already 46 pounds and I wanted to keep it under 50. So I had a 50 degree sleeping bag and then it'd get down to 20 degrees at night. And I was freezing my balls off. Then I sh- here comes this bull bugling and I missed my shot because everything sucks, but it was so much fun. It's not like that. It's like yeah. everything is so comfortable and awesome and the hunting is great. A, eh? you're seeing huge awesome animals every single day you know like you're you're not missing you're not going to africa like i said this on the working class podcast actually where it's like we we're kind of nervous about going i'm like i've never heard of someone going to africa and being like yep got skunked again in africa fuck yeah <laughs> like you always come yeah. back with something so it's like yeah it's not it's not a matter of if you're going to shoot something it's what you want to shoot is mm-hmm. and it's just so much different you can't you can't even compare it to North American hunting because it's just so much different and it's awesome. Yeah, I, hopefully, hopefully I can go and I said something to Kurt and Doug about just going and filming. So that'd be fun too. Hopefully, I can hopefully I can tag along and then just eat the, the delicious food and film and drink, drink some different yeah. beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Since I, I quit drinking for those three months, trying you know getting in shape for out west, and um, that didn't happen. So I really don't drink much anymore. But it's like good, I'm definitely go over there. Like I'm definitely trying some beer. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, dude. And it's not just beer. They have this ginger brandy, so good. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> They had all, like, he asked, like, Stuart asked, he was like, any requests for camp and stuff? And whatever we requested, he had. Like, the guys, oh, you know, I was like, yeah, some decent whiskey, like, no problem. Some rum, no problem. Like, he had it all there, ready to go. Is is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah. It's all, be... it's all included. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. We didn't have to buy it. We paid for the hunts and paid to get out there and all that stuff, and it was all included. All inclusive, brother. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure out when I can go. Yep, you have to talk to the big man about that. When uh, there. when when is the week that you're going? You going for a week or two? Uh, just one week. So just one week. My week is August 26th through September 3rd. Okay. Yep. In Wyoming, Bear Would Camp you... is May 27th through the 31st. Oh damn! So I was gonna say, you want to go shoot prairie dogs again? Yeah, I do. The cool thing about prairie dogs is it's all year round, so you can we can really put it in anywhere. I I like that. We did what in July? Yeah, I want to say when was it in July? It was around. Um, it was around their challenge. It was. Yep. I can't remember the dates of it though. Sometime in July. Sometime in July. Yeah, but we, yeah, dude. I, I think we should go and do tack and shoot. Like, that yeah. would be badass. That'd be the ultimate there. We go out there yeah. 
a day earlier than tack and then stay a day later. Shoot prairie dogs, yeah. go to tack, shoot prairie dogs. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That was that was right. Yeah, and we went and walked around tack and it was cool. I just, I, mm-hmm. I wish I would have shot the course. Should we do yeah, t- but- should we do tack with our trad equipment? Dude, it would be so hard. Just send some fucking ADR bombs <laughs> oh, with a recurve. Dude, they they have some hundred. I think I shot at a caribou the one year I went. It was like a hundred twenty yard caribou. Jeez. Yeah, dude. Like, I totally take a compound out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'd be that, or you take like six dozen arrows for a recurve. Yeah, and just launch them and be like, "Yeah, I'm not getting that." Yeah, <laughs> just move on. <laughs> yeah, the... <laughs> was... we could just shoot actual sticks. Yeah, yeah, just it. grab stuff <laughs> off the hill. <laughs> <Funk. laughs> it's like, dude, you just dry fired your bow. It's like, no, yeah. I was just shooting a stick, dude. It's basically yeah. dry fired, sure, but <laughs> yeah, we need oh. we should figure that out for this coming year. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, we should do a victory drive uh, prayer dog camp. If we ever find the accommodations. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a clusterfuck last year. <laughs> Dude, we just went. We just went and we're like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> we stayed with uh, at the Buckstorm, Buckstorm camp fucking their yeah. B&B for a night. Yeah. And then it was just like, I don't know what's going on. And then like the last night was, <laughs> what was it, like two in the fucking morning. Dude, we, last... we just got out. We were calling all these hotels, and they're all full. I'm like, "Why the fuck are you full?" It's yeah, a, yeah. like a Tuesday. I don't know. <laughs> that was that coming back from where we shot Prairie Dogs was a fucking nightmare. Holy shit, that was rough, dude. It was that, and when we drove up there, I think the the one day we drove up there, we all we ate was jerky. <laughs> That's all we like, ate. So... <laughs> we didn't eat. Thing until we got to Rapid City, like we to, like you actually want to eat some normal food? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> yeah, just pile drive a two pound bag of fucking those jerky pucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, we did, man. dude. We had <laughs> we literally literally just went out there and winged it, dude. It was we. I mean, I thought we had it figured out pretty good when we went out there, and then we came back, and it was just I was holy like, shit. Ashley was right. She was. Yeah, she's like, "Are you yeah. sure you got everything figured out?" I'm like, yeah, totally. Yeah, Scotty and fine. I, Scotty and I, we came up with a plan. It's not. It's totally fine. Like, no big deal. Then we get out there, like, holy shit! If she was with us, she would be so distraught. She's like, "This is how you men plan." Like, yeah, no, for sure. This is how it's oh, done. <laughs> well, like we were, we planned on camping. Yeah, and I we didn't camp because we saw that ten just, foot long rattlesnake. Yeah, and the yeah, mosquitoes were terrible. Yeah, and we were like, "Fuck this!" And then we coyote hunted that night, and then we got back to the truck, and then that's just when we went into shit because you lost the little fuzzy thing for your mic they oh fuck dude <laughs> yep. you were you were uh you were I was so mad <laughs> i was so mad and so tired 
and I thought yeah. you 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 dropped a huge pile of dung in the middle of the road, and I thought it was my fuzzy thing, but it was just your shit. I'm like, damn it! <laughs> Hope we didn't fall in the poop. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, it went. It was a straight clusterfuck from there. And then weren't we almost out of gas going back? <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Man. Not good. Two hours away from a gas station. That was go, fun. Fucking bite my fingernails. Like, oh fuck, dude. <laughs> Got there and there's like ten miles left in the tank. We're like, oh, son of yeah. a bitch. That was close. We drove. We drove back into Sturgis. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Sturgis was just like shut down. Like nothing was open. Yeah. It was like, what the? Why is this all shut down? And then, uh, Matthew was like, oh yeah, it's. You know, they, not a lot of these places are open unless it's Sturge, you know, the bike rally. I'm like, what? Well, fucking dumb. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you telling yeah. us that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a good time, though. It was. It was a great yeah. time. We should do that. We'll definitely do that again. We'll do a victory drive, <laughs> fucking prairie dog camp, invite some people, have a good time. Yeah. We'll definitely, I'll definitely get a hotel room yeah. before we, we go out there. Pre-planned. <laughs> Beforehand, yeah. <laughs> so then we're not spending fucking two hundred dollars on a hotel room to stay in it for three hours. I know. With dude. no continental breakfast. Oh god. We woke up and like, yeah, totally have breakfast. We got there and it was like bagels. Fucking bitch. That's it. It was just some bagels. I'm like, fuck you guys, man. I paid two hundred dollars yeah, for this room. For bagels? <laughs> fuck out of here. Give me some powdered eggs at least. Yeah. Oh man, dude! That was a good time, though. Good times. That's how hunting stories are made. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was that's, that's the shit that makes trips, dude. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I tell people all the time, like half the fun is getting there and getting back. Like that's where a lot mm-hmm. of stories come from. Like the hunt is is awesome. Is awesome. That's the you know the climax. But let's face it, like getting there and getting back is so much fun too. Hmm. That's where a lot of crazy stories come from. I just like that, like, on our way there, like, we didn't even realize, like, we didn't eat nothing. Like, we just... No. Had jerky. (laughs) Jerky, that was it. You brought a big-ass bag of jerky. When I say big-ass bag, I mean, it wasn't even, like, that big. It was, like... No. A a large bag of Jack Links. Yeah, those pucks. It's all all meat pucks. (laughs) Yeah, just eat. Like yeah. eat like ten of those at a time, just like oh yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but like the, the the getting there and getting back parts are so much fun. Like I had Mitch Smith on again. We told the story about when we were in Idaho together for elk hunting, and we had this. Did you listen to that episode at all yet? It just it was just last yeah. week's episode. You did. Yeah. So you heard yeah. the, you heard the Britney story. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> when this fucking lot lizard came up to us when we were filling water jugs outside this gas station. Yeah. You guys have to listen to it, though. Um, last week's episode with Mitch Smith, dude, is that was so much fun. That was so fucking funny. It's just, it's ridiculous. So, the Britney story will live on forever in our hearts because it was so funny. I started listening to it, and then which one? I think I went back to the one you did with your brother. The second one you did. Oh, the state, was the, the state of the union. The last address. one you did with your brother. Yeah. I started listening to that one. Okay. Yeah. So you haven't made it all the way through it yet? No. No. 
Have you made it to Britney's story yet? No. Dude, that's a funny fucking story. Mitch and Mitch tells it so well too. I have a uh a video I'm gonna put out on Instagram actually like tomorrow or something like that of the of him telling the Britney story. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He was telling my we got on the podcast, we went downstairs and we were talking to my wife and she was asking how it went and we ended up telling her the Britney story and she's recording and Mitch didn't know that she's recording, but it made for a really awesome, funny video, so <laughs> it was a good time. But well, yeah, it, we've been going on for almost two hours, dude. We should probably wrap her up. I got my daughter downstairs yeah. wondering, probably wondering what the fuck we're doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you got yeah, uh, you got anything you want to end with? No, just well, good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, you too, dude. Kind of, kind of lamey. Iowa does you dirty with trying to get a gun tag. Yeah, that whole early muzzler thing was because that was my gun tag. So it's like I just didn't expect. I didn't think that was going to negate my doe hunting during gun season, and it did. And that really torqued my. I always thought, I always thought with Iowa that you could hunt like there, like you had your muzzleloader season, and then you had your gun season. I thought you could, I thought you could hunt both of them. No, nope. So in Iowa, <coughs> you, you, you so you can get a a buck tag. Or an any sex tag for archery, you get an any sex tag for any one of the gun seasons. But whatever any whatever gun season you pick to get an any sex tag, um, it's only compatible with certain other gun seasons. So early muzzleloader season is the most is the strictest one because if you get an early muzzleloader tag, then you cannot go at all during either of the first or second gun seasons. Even for just does, can't do it. But you can go during early, or you can go during late muzzleloader season for does. It's dumb. What? Yeah. So so you can get you can get a late season doe tag, but you can't hunt the first season. Right. So in Iowa, we have first gun season, second gun season, and then late season, which is. Late archery and late muzzleloader. Maybe that's so what I, can I was get thinking. A, I can get a late muzzleloader doe tag because I went early muzzleloader season for my any sex tag. But I cannot go first gun or second gun for does. That's stupid. But if I get a late muzzleloader any sex tag, then I can go either one of the gun seasons for does, but I can't do both gun seasons. Does that make sense? No. No, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's silly. So (laughs) it's dumb. There's there's a whole, there's a whole chart with X's on it that lets you know what's compatible with each season. It's, it's ridiculous though. Your gun season. All right. Weren't you saying you're allowed where you're at in Iowa? You can use, like a, a normal rifle center Correct. fire. Yeah. You can use a center fire rifle now, but it needs to be 35 caliber or bigger. So okay. you get 35 to 50 or 350 to 500. However you want to say it. You could use a, you could use like a, you could use a 50 cal. You can use a 50, Technically you can use, use a 50 BMG if you wanted to. Yeah. Because so they they when they f- 
first put out the rifles, it was straight walled only. But then I, yeah. I, I don't know if people were just getting confused or what it was, but they, they just changed it. Like, all right. Cause there were some discrepancies with, um, the 4570, if that was legal or not. Cause that, I don't think that's technically a straight wall. I think it's technically actually mildly tapered. Mm-hmm. So there's other cartridges that were like a little tapered and they were like, Nope, illegal. Cause they're not straight. So then there's some discrepancies and some other shit and they're like, well, fuck it. All right. We're just going to say 35 caliber to 50 caliber, but you can't use anything smaller or anything bigger than that. So I can use a 500 Smith and Wesson handgun or I can use like a 44 or a 45 or a, you know, whatever, but I can't use like a nine mil for handguns or I can use a 35 Whalen or, uh, you know, 35 Whalen, or I can use a fucking 416 Rigby. I can use a 375 H and H. I can use 450 Bushmaster, 350 Legend. You know, all these different cartridges. You can use all those. Those are totally fine. Hmm. So you can use a 375 H and H or a 416 Rigby, which are you know dangerous game rifles. You can use those. Yeah, for, you can use, use those for white tails. Annihilate. <laughs> 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 A Cape Buffalo around for a white-tailed deer. <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, just shoulder shot. There'd be no just nothing. See ya. It'd kill him. Yeah. Faster yeah. than fuck, you know. But <laughs> be dead. <laughs> you could literally, like, those kinds of guns, I'm like, if someone's like, yeah, I took a Texas heart shot. I'm like, yeah, makes sense. No meat left, yeah. but you got you got the deer. You know, you ruin the hams, ruin the fucking everything inside. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) oh man. Yeah. Yep. So that's that. But all right, dude. Well, I'm going to let you go. We're going to get out of here. We've been going on for, yeah, almost two hours now. So. All right, man. All right. Yeah. We'll uh, do another one in the season. Talk about shit we killed. Yeah, absolutely, dude. You're yeah. you're a good one to have on, Scotty. I love having you in here, buddy. So appreciate Thanks, you man. coming on again. So. Yeah, dude. Well, uh, definitely anytime you want to. Yeah. Give me a buzz. Will do, man. Good luck the rest of your season. Yeah, and buddy. Thank good you. luck to all you guys out there still hunting too. So, you know, hopefully you shoot straight and uh, all that good stuff. So, all right, catch you on the next one. Peace. fish are where you think they are any one of these casts could be the bite it's the most exciting fishing that i know right here at hawks cave oh that's awesome experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer don't miss thursdays with saltwater experience brought to you by golden boat lifts every thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.